Hey, what's going on, people? It's Jay Good at StraightOutTheDen.com. I'd like to welcome you to the Straight Out The Den podcast. Uh, today's podcast is brought to you by the good folks over at Lander. Um, Lander is the world's first intelligent drag-and-drop um, mastering service uh, by Mitch Jeans. They're based in Montreal, Canada. And, um, you know, just for being a listener to this podcast, what we're going to do is give you two free MP3s of your master. All you got to do is go to Lander.com. That's L-A-N-D-R.com slash promo slash S-O-D-D. You go there right now. We're going to give you the two free MP3s threes of your master and um you know it's a very simple process just go there and let me know uh, basically step your music up you know step the quality of your music up and go all the way with it um you know you, you are a brand and you're doing what you're supposed to do to get your music out there make sure that it's, it gets to the people the right way so you know go to lander.com that's l-a-n-d-r.com slash promo slash s-o-d-d and take advantage of that free trial and let me know once you do tweet me at straight out the den uh, so look, today's podcast, um, you know, I told you guys before when I first started this thing that I was going to reach out um, a little more and, um, you know, hear from the people. So a couple of days ago, I uh, put up a message on, on all my social media and asked the people one simple question. Hey, what do you want me to talk about this week? So I got a couple of responses back um, and some very great topics. I want to salute all you guys for doing that. You, you actually gave some great ideas and suggestions um, for this week's podcast. So I'm going to give you uh, the one that stood out the most for me. Um, and, and I'm going to speak on the subject um, to sell or to lease. Now, this kind of goes um, in, in different directions. Uh, you can look at it as from a producer's perspective or you can look at it from an artist's perspective. So I'm actually going to take a look at both of these um, from both perspectives and try to see if I can help you guys, you know, the best I can on answering that question. Um, it's, it's one of those things that's been going on a lot now. Um, and, you know, times have changed. Uh, it, it, we're in the world of social media, as you guys hear me say quite often. Um, and the way that you can get music now is 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 very quickly um, from all ends of the spectrum. Um, but, you know, this is something that, you know, I, I even struggle with, you know, um, during my heavy production days back in like, you know, 07, um, trying to figure out, you know, no income coming in. How can I sell these beats? You know, do I sell them outright or do I lease them? And, you know, those times, um, you know, you have to make some tough decisions. So hopefully by the end of this podcast, you guys can kind of get a, a better understanding of, of what you should do. Now, you know, these are all my, you know, this is always my opinion. Um, and it's just advice that I give based on either things that I've been through personally or, you know, people that I know um, have been through. And, you know, you can take it with a grain of salt. You know, my, my ultimate goal is to give you guys the information. You have to make that choice on your own to, to use it. And if it, if it benefits you, go right ahead. If not, then, you know, by all means, um, I understand it's not for you. Um, but, you know, to sell or to lease, right? So, um, you know, first, I guess the best thing to do here is to define selling and leasing. A lot of people don't know, don't know the difference. So, um, for selling, think of selling as being exclusive. Um, and and when, when you think of exclusivity, you're talking about it belongs to you. Nobody else owns it. Um, you know, nobody else can do anything with it. Nobody else can record to it. It belongs to you. So, uh, that's the first thing that you need to know um, with, with selling. It's, it's exclusive. So if you have somebody that want to sell you a beat, 
you know, as long as you, you know, you do your contracts and, you know, sometimes that's, that's one thing that we're going to say for a different podcast. Um, but you know, when it comes to contracts, you need to make sure that your contracts are in order and everything else is in order. Um, but you know, you, you get that contract for that beat and you, you know, it's sold to you and it belongs to you, you know, to record and, and do what, what you please with that track. Now, there's another thing, like I said, that we, we've talked about before as far as royalties, um, that's a whole nother ball game. But do know if a producer sells you a beat, they do have ownership in that beat. Um, you're not going to be able to just go in and, um, you know, think that the producer, you bought the beat and you're done. Now, if that's in the contract, then by all means, go ahead. But any smart producer will know not to put that in a contract. Um, when you buy that beat, the producer does retain ownership as far as the producer of that beat so he will he or she will get paid in the future royalties but that's a whole nother conversation but i did want to throw that out there because i didn't want you guys to think that hey if i buy a beat um, from a producer i outright own it you can get yourself in a little bit of trouble later on unless that's in the contract and like i said before if you're a producer i would not put that in a contract that somebody outright owns all beats all royalties all publishing um for the beat that's just not the way to go um in my personal opinion you come out better just giving the beat away for free and retaining all your publishing but like i said those are future conversations to be had later down um down the line um leasing is also known as non-exclusive um and you know just to to clear that up a little bit non-exclusive is is the exact opposite of exclusive um you don't outright own the beat, you know, you're leasing it. You're only holding on for it for a little bit of time. Um, I'm trying to see the best way to compare these two. Um, everybody, I don't know if everybody leased a car. So I'll put it in a little um, in the context of something that everybody may be able to relate to. Um, renting or leasing an, um, an apartment versus buying a home. So when you lease an apartment or rent an apartment, you're essentially doing just that you're renting it so it, you, you you're paying money um for a short period of time you know most people have a six month or a 12 month lease um and at the end of that lease period the end of that term you have the um the option to either re-sign that lease or to move on so think about that in terms of leasing a beat it is very simple it's a short-term thing you're you're actually leasing that beat from the producer you're getting that beat and say like hey i'm gonna use this beat and, and a lot of times these leasing agreements when it comes to production have a lot of stipulations so you know it may be something where hey you can only sell you know 2500 or 5000 you know it it does it's, it's not negotiable i can't really give you a, a true um number on it but there will be some stipulation in the lease the the above anything is more than likely going to tell you that you don't outright own the beat meaning that you can't do a lot of things with it you know um but you know there there are terms with that lease so after that leasing period is up that producer um should contact you and say like hey the period is up um we're gonna either you know get that beat back or we're gonna you know you can sign the lease and we can keep moving so it, those are just, you know, the defining selling and, and leasing. Now, there there are a lot of pros and cons that come with um, selling and, and leasing. But, you know, I, I definitely want to get to that. Um, but before I go there, I just wanted to uh, really just drill home, like, you know, selling versus leasing. Um, first and foremost, there are. How can I say there? 
they're neither good or bad. Like me personally, the way I feel, which I will get into a little bit further before I give my, my own opinion on it. Um, but you know, they're, they're, they're good and bad and, and you know, and it works for some people and some people it, it doesn't, you know, I want to stress that because some people think that if you, you, you're, you're bashing one or the other, you really have to figure out exactly where you want to be as a producer and exactly where you want to be as an artist. Um, in determining, you know, what you want to do. So, you know, with that being said, I want to get into the, uh, the pros and cons of selling at least. And I'm, I'm going to start with selling first. So, um, the pros, um, it's yours. Just like I, I mentioned earlier, you know, it's, it's your beat. You can do what you want to do with it as far as how you want to record on it. You know, what you want to say on it, um, where you want to put that, if you want to put it out for sale, if you want to, you know, give it away for free, it's, it's really up to you. You, you purchase that beat. Um, that that's that's one you know good pro with that and you know the other thing is you if if you're buying a beat from a producer then there's a good chance that you're going to have a relationship with that producer meaning that you're going to have um access to sessions you're going to have access to that producer if you hear something that you want to change that producer can you know he's he's there he or she is there to say like hey you know what okay let's let's make this tweak let's do this let's do that um you know you have that access to that producer when you when you buy that beat um you can license your music you know um and when i mentioned when i when i say license your music if say you you come up with a record it's, it's a great record um and people love it and next thing you know uh somebody reach out and say like hey man i love your record i want to put it into a commercial well you know because you bought that that record or that beat from a producer you can now go out and get that music license and, and that's more money coming in for you. So that, that's something that you're able to do. You know, that's a pro of, of you know, self buying a soul beat as opposed to leasing the beat. Um, now there are some disadvantages or, or cons when it comes to selling, uh, that you should definitely keep in mind. Um, number one being, it can sometimes be expensive. Um, you know, if you're out there, especially if you're going on different sites or whatnot, you know, producers will have a set price for um, their beats. If you want exclusive rights to their beats, if you want to sell those beats um, or buy those beats from them. Um, now, that that price does vary. People have, you know, different price levels. Um, I've, I've had different price levels depending on whether or not you're an independent artist or if you were a major artist or if you were, you know, buying or selling, um, or excuse me, leasing the beat. Um, there was all different pricing structures. Um, and, and those pricing structures can get expensive. Um, that's something just to think about if, if you're planning to go out and buy a beat from a producer, or if you are a producer, um, you know, trying to sell your beat, you know, you got to jack that price up uh, on those beats because that person will outright own your beat. Um, Another kind of it is is sample clearancing. Um, if you're like me, I'm a sample producer. That's what I like to do. I enjoy sampling. Um, but, you know, the one thing that comes with sampling is a lot of times things won't get cleared. Well, here's the problem. When you go out and buy a beat from a producer, you have that beat at your disposal now. You can do what you want to do. But if that producer uses a sample in that beat, which you, you, you know, the pro is you have the access so you can ask him what sample that he or she used. Um, you can figure out all that information. But, you know, the con of that is that if a sample was used and the record is great and, and everybody's loving the record and you get ready to put the record out and the owner of the original sample come and say, well, hey, man, um, 
you know, we don't like it, you know, we, we don't like the record you did, or we don't want you to use our music, then, you know, you're pretty much out of luck, you know, um, and you're out of money because you've already purchased that beat from the producer. Um, and so that's just something that, you know, to really think about, you know, a lot of producers sample right now and sampling is a great art form. You know, I wish things would kind of change uh, on that forefront, but I don't want to go out on a tangent, on a producer tangent, but, um, you know, that's something to be on the, on the lookout for because if you are using a sample beat and you bought that from a producer, you know, the producer's pretty much wiped his hands from it. You know, the only thing that he has to worry about later on is just when it comes down to the royalty splits. You know, if you sampled something from somebody that's pretty popular or you know, somebody that's not that popular, they have the right as, as that you know, that music originally owning, you know, belonging to them, they have the right to charge you what they want to, to clear that sample. Some people will work with you and some people will tell you like, Hey man, if you want to clear this sample, I want 100% of the publishing of that record. Um, and believe me, it happens. It happens to some of the greats. Um, just an interesting tidbit, um, Method Man, um, one of his probably biggest records to date, all you need, um, he doesn't own any of it. Um, and he said this himself, you know, you can go and fact check it, but it was like that record is owned 100% by Ashford and Simpson. It was their record and they, um, it, it's their sample that was used. And they said like, Hey man, you can use it, but we're going to take 100% of the publishing. So every time that record is played on a radio, every time it's played, um, in any arena, he's not getting paid on it even though that's one of his biggest records i believe he was nominated or even won a grammy for the record his biggest record to date he's not getting um those type of royalties on it now there's other royalties that he may get off of it um you know if it's an album sold or anything but as far as like when that thing is, is played he, he doesn't own any of the publishing on that record and you know that that's just something that can happen you know his label may have bought that beat and, you know, the producer has a check. He, he got he or she got paid for the beat. They're good to go. But, you know, when it comes to the publishing end, you know, nobody's eating off the publishing of it. And we all know or I will hope that you guys will know that publishing is how a lot of artists and producers nowadays are, are um, being able to sustain long careers because you actually have um, money that's still coming through from records that you produced or you wrote on years ago. So, you know, that's publishing is where it's at. You got to make sure that you have your publishing. So, you know, those are just a few cons of, um, of selling. Um, now going to the leasing side, I do want to give you the pros. Now the pros, the, the number one pro, um, for leasing is that it is cheaper. It is cheap. I mean, you have people that are leasing beats for, <laughs> believe it or not, $10 all the way up to, you know, I've seen some as more expensive, like, you know, $50, depending on the beat, depending on how much work that the producer said that they put in there. Um, the leasing terms, they do vary. Um, you, you have some leasing terms that are, you know, it might be a couple of months or, you know, it might be a couple of weeks. It might be even six months. That That is negotiable. And I can't really give you a, a solid um, time frame. Um, but different producers give different time lengths for their lease. Um, but yeah, it's, it's cheaper, it's quick. And, um, you know, there's not a lot of groundwork, um, needed, you know, most of the sites, uh, like a sound click or even producers doing this through their own site, what they would simply do is upload their beat. They'll give you, um, a 30 second snippet. Um, so you can preview the beat. If you like the beat, then there's a, uh, a lease or a buy button next to those beats. And if you lease it, of course, you're going to get that that um, leasing agreement. And if you agree to the leasing agreement, the next thing you'll probably see is either their PayPal or some type of um, online shopping 
card um, for you to purchase the lease. And now, you know, you'll get that lease and um, you'll get the beat and you're on your merry way. Um, but like I said, you know, it's, it's very cheap. Um, and so, you know, for artists that who are on a small budget, this is where it's, you know, beneficial for you. You can come in and, you know, get a beat. And if you love the beat, um, you record to it, you know, make your mixtape or whatever. Me personally, I wouldn't suggest doing this if you are putting a, an album together um, for the simple fact that you don't own the beat. And, you know, there are so many things that could happen that, that could hinder your, um, you know, your, your project. So I wouldn't suggest if you're putting a project together. If you're doing a mixtape, then by all means, if you want to lease a beat you like, go ahead and do it. Um, just something to keep in mind. We all know mixtapes now are, are very close to albums where you can put out a mixtape, that song blows up, and now you're in a whole nother you know, situation where you have a lease beat, um, that's getting played on the radio is, you know, everything's going on and you don't own the beat and you and the producer don't have a relationship, which is something that I'm going to get to a little bit later on when I go through the, uh, producer perspective and the artist perspective. Um, some cons of leasing a beat. Um, number one, it's not yours. You know, I know that's simple, but it is it, definitely not your beat. So there's a lot of things that can come up. Um, a lot of headaches that can come with that. It's not your lease, um, your beat. Um, and like I said before, if the record blows, you don't own the beat. There's so much stuff that can happen. Um, there are a lot of artists that dealt with that, um, that blew up off a of mixtape and, you know, what, what do you do? Then there's a lot of backtracking that you have to do. Um, you know, there's poor communication. More than likely, if you lease a beat, um, you're working off of an online shopping cart. It's just that simple. Um, you're not going to be in that much contact with the producer at all. The producers just simply um, probably have a calendar set up that'll notify them when, hey, this leasing agreement is up. You need to contact this person um, about this beat. And, you know, if they do choose to resign the lease, then you're good. If they don't, then, um, you know, there's going to be some issues, you know, you're probably gonna, you know, more than likely they probably won't, but some people may choose to seek legal action against you. Um, some other kinds, you're probably going to have those, um, um, unbearable tags all the way through your, through your record. Um, you know, the producer is going to tag the record like crazy if he's leasing the beat. Um, just because, you know, they want to protect themselves, you know, so you're going to get that, uh, whatever that tag is, you're going to hear it maybe 20 times in that record. And it's just going to be annoying. And people will remember the tags and remember that probably more, a little more than some of the lyrics. So, you know, that's some stuff that you should look out for. Um, and you know, the one thing, honestly, above everything is, is this, you know, somebody else can have your beat. <laughs> um, I don't know, you know, how you feel, but as the artists that I know get very attached to their music, you know, I know artists that only listen to their music. I know artists that may record a record and listen to it hundreds of times just to make sure that it's right and, and it's where it should be. Um, however, if you're leasing beats, somebody else, I mean, your next door neighbor can have your beat for all you know. Um, and there are hundreds of other people that can have your beat and, and did the same exact thing that you did, grew attached to it, 
had a lease to the beat, um, you know, thought that they were getting over by only paying $10 for the beat. And, you know, you record it to it, everything's great. And you get attached to the record, you send it out, your friends are loving it, the blogs are picking it up, um, and they're loving it. And now you're starting to move. And then next thing you know, there are three other artists that are doing the same exact thing you're doing and the record is moving. Now there's conflict of interest. There's some issues going on. We don't know what, what happened. You know, it's all of this, all of this stuff can happen. Um, and you know, um, I guess a, a real live example of, of this, um, there are, there are actually two examples that come to mind. Um, number one is, uh, Trinidad James, um, his project that he put out with the all gold, everything on it, you know, those beat, a lot of those beats were, were sound click beats. So, I mean, he, you know, he's mentioned this, um, you know, plenty of times, but you know, other people had those beats. I personally know two other people that had, um, a couple of beats off of that project, including the all gold, everything beat. And, you know, what can you do? I mean, you know, eventually he had the bigger record. So you had to deal with that. And, you know, and just in his case, that was okay. But think about it for the rapper that really put a lot of time and effort in their project. And, you know, they see a record that's, that's out there moving and is, has the same as that beat as the one that you, you know, you leased and, you know, you don't own. And, and now it's kind of like, well, what, what do I do now at this point? I grew an attachment to this record and there's a bigger artist that has the same beat and there's absolutely nothing that I can do about it because nobody will believe that you had that beat first. Trust me. Nobody, nobody will believe that, you know, your friends and your inner circle may believe that, but the, the mass and general public is going to think that you just did a remix of somebody else's, you know, record or whatever. So keep that in mind, you know, um, the, the same thing happened, uh, with the, um, uh, Bobby Schmerner record. Um, you know, fabulous had that record first. Um, and, and that, and I, I'm not sure if that situation was a sound click thing or if it was just, you know, one of those things where this is something that happens also, um, that, that we can kind of briefly go into, but there are times when you're, when you're buying records where sometimes you can meet with a producer and this has happened to me many times, but you know, it's some, sometimes artists don't understand this, but you can meet with a producer, um, producer have a beat that, it, that they'll play for you that you you fall in love when you say hey man I want that beat you go and record to you do all of this stuff but you don't handle the paperwork you don't actually buy that beat from the producer the producer you and the producer don't have any kind of commitment saying that hey you know this is yours there's no upfront money um pay no front end or anything like that and and what'll happen you know that beat is shuffled around and moved to somebody else um and it's not necessarily a bad business thing by all means. Some people think that's bad business, but at the end of the day, if you didn't buy that beat, you don't own it. And so you can't be mad at a producer for moving that beat to somebody else. Um, you know, um, and <laughs> name actually comes up again, the all right, um, record Kendrick. All right. Um, that for Pharrell produced, um, Fabulous did indeed have that beat first. Um, and, you know, for whatever reason, uh, you know, I don't know their s specific situation, but Fabulous didn't put the record out. Um, I don't know if the business wasn't handled. I don't know if it was a different direction or whatever, but the, the record ended up in Kendrick's hand. The business did get handled and the record came out on his To Pimp a Butterfly album. And so you have things like that that happen. That happens all the time. But, you know, that's one of those simple situations of 
fall in love with a beat and not handling the business end of it. So, you know, you got to make sure that you do that. Um, now, you know, those are just the pros and cons. Um, you know, I was trying to give you those pros and cons without signing bias at all, because I do want to go into a producer's perspective, which will be solely my opinion, um, on what you should do as a, as a producer. So when it comes to selling or leasing your beats as a producer, um, in my opinion, I'm, I'm for um, establishing a relationship um, with any artist. So I'm, I'm not really for leasing your beats. However, I understand that in today's climate, you're trying to make money. And sometimes the best way to make money is by leasing your beats because you you can make 100 beats, put them up for lease, you know, $20 a lease. Um, and those beats will be recycled. You don't even have to make anything new. You can simply have those 100 beats up there and, and say if you're leasing, um, give a realistic number out of that 100 if you're leasing 20% of those beats um, a month. Well, you know, 20 beats times $20, that's $400 a month. These are realistic numbers that I try to give people. I don't want to be too outrageous with numbers, but you know, you're making $400 a month off of catalog that's just sitting there. You know, these can be old beats. These can be, um, you know, updated beats or whatever. But, you know, that's that's just it. You know, you're making that money there and it keeps recycling every month. Somebody's, you know, um, leasing these beats from you. That's great. That's, you know, that's passive income that's coming in that you don't really have to do any work for. Um, and if somebody do loves that beat, you know, they can buy the exclusive rights to it. And now you're, you're talking about if you say you sell it for $500. Well, you know, if you can find a way to sell four beats a month, then, I mean, you're looking at that's two grand a month plus the other um, $400 you make. That's $2,400 a month. And you've really made it to a point where you've supplemented income and you don't have to work a regular job. So this is uh, from a producer's perspective. I understand it completely. Um, I get it. You got to do what you got to do to make money. And, and, you know, um, as long as you understand, you know, the, the pros and cons of doing that, then, you know, by all means, go ahead. I, I understand it. Um, just for me personally, I like to establish a relationship. I, I, I I'm a more of a project uh, type person. So, or project producer. So, I'm the type of producer that if I sit down with you, I'm only going to sit down with you because I like your music and I, and I love the vision that you have for your music. And we're going to take the time out and we're going to, you know, create a, a solid body of work. Now, you know, the thing with that is there's a, a good chance. And this is just me speaking on, on it. There's a good chance that you're not going to work with a lot of people that way. Um, because you, you, you're not moving, you can't move that fast when you're working like that. You know, um, there are two projects that, that I've worked on for mm, pretty much the past three or four months. And one came out earlier this month, the good day Atlanta, um, by Jay Coop. And then there's one that's coming out on the 25th, um, of this month, uh, with Div, um, the neat project. And now on both of these projects, um, we recorded a bunch of material, um, and myself personally, I only, I think I only have three tracks on each project, but I, you know, there was a lot of other things that were going on, just, you know, giving advice and I put a lot of time and effort into these projects is what I'm saying. Um, and for that reason, you miss out on a lot of other things. That's just the type of producer I am. I have to be there with the project. I can't just like send beats and, you know, that's just not my thing. Now for some people that works and, and sometimes, uh, especially the bigger producer that you get, a lot of times you don't have that, those opportunities. Like a producer like DJ Mustard right now is, 
he's winning. So he, he doesn't have time to be everywhere. So, you know, he's building a catalog and he's sending beats out. And, you know, for those artists that he really have the time with, he'll sit down with them for, for a long period of time. But for the most part, you know, he's, he, he has to, you know, get it while he can. So he's throwing those, those beats out there. And, you know, at this point, who don't want to, you know, a mustard beat, who don't want that tag? You know what I mean? So I get it from a producer standpoint. I understand, you know, you have to do what, you, what works best for you at the end of the day. It's really what I'm saying. Um, you know, there are just some things to look out for. Um, when it comes to that is that you you know you have to have your right legal backing so when you get into those situations where somebody leased a beat and now they're trying to do more than what your lease says then you need to know what steps you need to take um, after that you don't want to be in a situation where you're putting information out there and you're kind of just doing it you don't know what's going to be the ramifications if somebody don't act on the lease you don't know how to um you know serve those papers or you don't know what's the next step you don't know what to do if somebody doesn't abide by the rules that you have put in place so you got to know that part um now as far as an artist perspective once again i stress relationships um by all means, and, and you know, there's nothing wrong with leasing the beat, but from an artist perspective, and I know this is going to sound very contradictory because I'm telling producers, if you got to do it, go ahead and do what you got to do. But artists, the problem that you, you're going to run into when you lease these beats is perception. How are you perceived as an artist? I mean, if you're an artist that you're, you're solely on budget and you're looking at, man, I got $500 to put this project together. I know that I can go here and lease 20 beats for $10 a piece. So that's $200 of my, of my, um, money right there or whatever. So I can get this project done right there. $200 on production, you know, another hundred dollars on recording or whatever, you know, whatever you have, you have your money divvied up or whatever. But the problem with that, if, if this music becomes great, now you have to backtrack and do all this extra work. You don't have a relationship with the producer. So I, I guarantee you're only getting MP3s. They're not going to have sessions. You're going to get a bunch of MP3s. Um, and, you know, that's just, it's not the way to go. You're going to have MP3s and you're going to try to go to your mixing session and you're not going to be able to properly mix these beats down. You're not going to be able to get this music mastered correctly because you're dealing with MP3s that are already compressed and, and you're not going to have the, the proper... Uh, formatting to go to mastering, you know, the right way. Um, all of these things make a huge difference, you know, and, and speaking of mastering, um, you know, that, that really brings me back to Lander, you know, and, and like I told you guys at the top of, of the podcast, um, Lander, they're, they're based in Montreal, Canada, and they're the world's first intelligent drag and drop instant mastering service. Now that sounds very fancy, but it's a very simple process. So you literally drag your mix to their to their interface and it'll upload and when it uploads you, you're going to get a master um, and you get a chance to preview your master you can preview any level of intensity um, and you can also hear the original so you can see the difference you know, I mean we'll actually hear the difference um, of your music and, and what they're doing to it and then from that point you can click on save and, and it's going to email you a link to the download once it's ready um, the mastering process is one of those processes that are skipped numerous of times number one because it's, it's expensive um to get your music mastered the right way and that's the beauty about um lander they actually um have came up with an idea to it's really in my personal opinion it's really for the indie artists you know they came up with a solution um 
with the indie artist in mind that has, you know, a, a minimum budget. So you're, you're paying, dip, there's different price levels. Um, you can go in there and try the free trial with us. Uh, go to lander.com, L-A-N-D-R.com slash promo slash S-O-D-D. Um, and just play around with it, see how it is and, and, and figure it out. And, you know, once you decide whether or not you like it or not, then, you know, up the level and go ahead and you know, um, do try the pro level or, you know, try even the beginner level or, you know, those different levels and, and figure out which one works best for you. Um, I, I think that it's worth just to trial along. You know, once you, you get those two records uh, mastered, you'll see a, a complete difference in everything else. And just think about it. The art of mastering is really in its simplest form is is making your music sound the same on every single platform so you're going to sound the same on soundcloud you're going to sound the same on your cd you're going to sound the same in itunes everywhere across the board the music will sound the same and that's your goal that's where you want to be with mastering so you know give it a try once again it's lander.com that's l-a-n-d-r.com slash promo slash s-o-d-d and in case you don't remember all that it will be in the show notes so you can just simply click the link uh make it a whole lot easier for you and uh just check out that and, and let me know what you think but you know i do want to get back to the artist perspective um you have to remember that uh, leasing beats, you're very minimal at, at things that you can do. There's a lot of stuff that you won't be able to do, and there's nothing that you can truly, really do about it. Um, and, you know, just to speak up for the producer, you got to think if you're only paying a small chunk of the fee um, for, for these beats, then you can't expect for a producer to be that open and and, and that much communication with you. They're going to give you an MP3 because in their mind, you're only demoing this record anyway. You're demoing it if, and if everything's work out, you know, the proper way, then you're going to come back and you're going to buy the exclusive rights to this beat, um, you know. Which, you know, it definitely does happen. But, you know, that's what they're looking for as producers that selling, you know, and leasing their beats online like that. Um, everything is about the comeback. They're hoping that you come back and either keep leasing the beat. Um, because for them, like I said, that's passive income. They don't have to do much. You're going to keep leasing that same beat every month um, and keep paying that same fee. And that may not seem like a lot. But, hey, if you lease a beat at $20 a month for a whole year, you pay, what's that, 2400 I mean, excuse me, twenty-four two hundred forty dollars that producers made $240 off of you. Well, do you think that's a big chunk of change? Well, multiply that by the other 30 people that probably have that same beat and that's passive income. So that's why I say from a producer's perspective, it's not really that bad of a deal, but for you, you're paying that money every month and you don't really have a project, a product that you own, you know? Um, also, like I said before, relationships are everything. You know, if, if budgeting is your issue and the reason why you're you're looking to get um, leasing beats as opposed to paying outright and owning them, then you should really look at different producers. You know, um, there are so many producers out here that are hungry, that are trying to, you know, um, you know, get better in their craft and they're looking for artists to work with. If you establish a relationship early on with a producer, a young producer that that's just hungry for the music, you guys get together and create a sound um, like none other and put your music out. Who knows? You can end up being the next Snoop and Dre. You can be, you know, the next Drake in 40. Um, uh, there's all of these situations. And, and truth be told, the top producers of today 
all came in with an artist. And if you don't believe me, just run down the list. I already said Snoop and Drake. We said Drake and 40. You look at Missy and, and, and Timbaland. You know, you look at the clips and, and the Neptunes. Like, all of these top producers, the biggest producers in your eyes today, they all came in with artists who were there. They created a project. And, and that's really how you break as a producer, which I just thought of, that's a great conversation for another podcast. But if you want to know how to break as a producer, I'll give you that. Get with an artist and build a sound and keep working. Because what will happen is once that artist break and their whole project is your production, then guess what? The calls will come. They know that, hey, in order for me to get this person, I got to have this producer there or a package deal. That's just how it works out. And, you know, you guys grow together. You know, that's just something you know, you, you got to think about that, man. Um, it's so important. Kanye had Kanye. Um, and, uh, you know, that's, it's just, you know, it goes on and on the, the top producers of the day. You just look it up. They all broke in this game with artists who, um, help solidify their sound and, and make their sound, you know, popular to everybody else. So, you know, I think that's, um, I know today is going to be a short podcast. Um, I know there's no guests if you guys can't tell by now. Um, but I wanted to, to take the chance, you know, just sit down and talk with you guys um, about this subject. I, I think it was it was a great question. And I got to get the the name of the guy who gave it to me. Um, I want to make sure I shout him out if I can think of it uh, real quick. Uh, I'm going to find you. You guys just, you know, think amongst yourself while I figure out who this guy was who came with the idea. Um, he actually came with it on Instagram. Um, and I'll shout you out, dude. I hope you hope you don't mind. But it's easy underscore i underscore does underscore this um great topic dude um i i really want to suggest that you change that instagram name that's so hard to to get out um but that's all good bro i appreciate you um coming through with the topic and you know just for for pricing you know purposes that was another question that he asked about the you know um Price your beats at what you feel that you're worth, man. And, and that's with anybody, man. Price your verses at what you're worth. Price your performances at how much you're worth. Um, a lot of times, and, and, and just as an independent um, in general, we undersell ourselves because we don't think that we're worth it. That's really what it boils down to. Um, so you, you, you're trying to compete with the everybody. And you feel that if I throw out my price of what I feel that I'm at, people won't work with me. Well, look, the only way that you know if somebody's not going to work with you at your price or what you think you is if, you know, if you don't ask. So you got to ask, you know, go ahead and ask. And the only thing they can do is say no. And if they say no, if you get like 10 no's and those no's are like outrageously like, no, dude, like, what are you talking about? Then, you know, you may have to reevaluate your price. You know, you can't say anything outrageous. You, you got to test the market, figure out you know, do do your research, look around and see what, what are other producers or what are other artists charging uh, for their services and somebody at my same, you know, level. Find that information out first and then kind of compare and contrast. If, you know, they're selling their beats for $500 um, exclusively, then, you know, hey, maybe I should come in at around, you know, $300 since I'm, I'm new on, on the marketplace, 250 And, you know, as your clientele grows, then you can up that price. And, you know, if you're dealing with a major artist, then you should, and this is just something for all producers, you should definitely have um, different pricing structures. You should have a pricing structure for major artists and you should have a pricing structure for independent artists. 
The reason why is because you're dealing with different budgets on each side. Um, if you try to sell a major artist a beat for $1,000 or whatever, um, that's great. But if you're going to come back and try to sell that, that same beat to an indie artist for $1,000, then they're going to look at you like you're crazy, man. Like, hey, the, the money is spread around right now, so you got to be smart about um, what you're pricing. I, for one, I've said it early in the podcast. Um, I'll say it again. As a producer, if you're dealing with major artists, you don't have to be so quick to try to get that money. There are some other ways, um, even though... You know, a lot of people tell you like, hey, man, you got to get what you can. That's so true. I understand that. You know, there's not a you know, when you when you're trying to sell a beat to a major artist, there's no guarantee that that song will make the album. Just like how we said earlier, like, you know, you pay for that song and something else happens, sample clearances or, you know, a, a label executive decides that this is not the best song for your project. Let's, you know, do something else. Well, if you didn't get any money up front, then, you know, you kind of lost out on that. But I guarantee Artists remember the producers that didn't charge them versus the producers that charged them an arm and a leg for their production. They're going to remember those things. So, you know, uh, uh, everything is negotiable. So me, I'm the type of person where, but I'm a little bit different because I have, you know, other streams of income. If you don't have other streams of income, then it's kind of hard to make some moves. But if you if you're somebody that has money coming in from different places, you can tell somebody like, hey, I'm not going to charge you for this beat. Just, you know, when the publishing come through, just, you know, make sure that we're straight on publishing. Um, and that's going to segue to a whole nother podcast that I definitely know that you guys uh, want to hear about. But, you know, everything is negotiable. You know, make sure that you don't be so quick to sell yourself short, but at the same time, know your worth um, when it comes to pricing. So um, that's what I'll say about that. And um, like I said, this is going to be a short podcast. We're not going to be here for the full hour. I think maybe um, about 40 minutes or so. Um, and I think that's good enough, you know, for, for today. Uh, so, look, there's a couple of housekeeping things. Um, if you guys love what we're doing here on the podcast, and I'm, I've been getting the feedback, and I really do appreciate the feedback. I, I do stress that I need you guys to subscribe on iTunes. I know a, a couple of you guys listen on um, SoundCloud. Um, all, you know, 20 of you guys are listening on SoundCloud. Um, if you are on SoundCloud and listening, and you're enjoying it, just click on the subscribe button. It's a very simple process. Just click on the subscribe on, on iTunes. And if you're really digging what we're doing, like rate and review it. And those things go very far. Um, I know it may not mean a whole lot to you, but it, it means the world to us. And, and it's very helpful for us to get up in the rankings on iTunes so we can be seen by more people. So this message can get out to more people. So look, subscribe on iTunes. Um, make sure that you tell somebody if, if you know, if somebody um, needs some indie help, like, hey, mention the straight out the damn podcast. Just give them a listen. Tell them to start at the 360 episode. There's a lot of other episodes of us just, um, you know, doing some dope interviews that, that I still love. Um, but, you know. Changing the focus of this podcast, I think, is very helpful and it's going to be, you know, hit home with a lot of people um, directly. So, you know, uh, do that. I, I really greatly appreciate it. Um, and if you want me to, you know, like we did before, this whole podcast was brought to you by um, a gentleman that answered a question on, on Instagram. So, look, if you have suggestions for the podcast or if you have a question for me that you want me to answer live on the podcast, all you got to do is uh Email me those questions at podcast at straightoutthedan.com. That's S-T-R, the number eight, O-U-T-D-A-D-E-N.com. Um, go there and you can ask me anything. And, and, you know, if it's something that's interesting, um, I'll answer back. 
And, you know, I definitely make sure to shout out all your social media stuff here so you can get your followers up. I understand that's important nowadays. So, you know, that's it for this week. Um, I appreciate you guys tuning in. Um, like I say always, you know, if you have a dream, pray on that dream, research that dream, and work until that dream becomes reality. And with that said, I'm Jay Good, straight out to the end. See you guys next week.